Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to the Out of Decluttering Podcast. I am Amy Ravel. And I'm your other host, Kirsty Faruja. And we have a third mic in the room today. Who is it, Amy? Chris Lovett! I mean, that's that's quite the fanfare. <laughs> that's well quite deserved. the fanfare. Oh, bless Chris, you. Thank why you. don't you introduce yourself to our community um, for anyone who doesn't yet know you? Yeah, hi. Um, long-time listener, first-time caller. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so my name's Chris Lovett. Um, as you can probably tell by my accent, I'm from London, UK. Um, uh, author minimalist um simplicity coach and currently someone with really big hair because we've not had the opportunity to go to a barber shop or a hairdresser's due to due to covid so um yeah i've been listening to you guys um talk about decluttering and helping people in your community and supporting people for for ages now and um it's just a privilege to be able to to talk to you about uh, discovery of less and all the wonderful stuff that has come from that story we are super excited because we haven't had very many men on the podcast as you know um so we're excited (laughs) yeah we're excited to have a a man again on the podcast and i love british accents all of them maybe apart from brummy accents because i can't understand them um so but i'm really excited to have you is there anything specific you would like me to say in my accent (laughs) um I just like listening to anything that you have to say, so it's fine. Yeah, she's um, going to record this and just play it on repeat in her car when she's, you know, feeling a bit lonely, pining back to the days when she lived in the UK. Chris, is, yeah. it's going to be your voice. <laughs> yeah, except Croydon isn't quite the same as Ealing um, accent, so it's a bit more. It's definitely not. <laughs> it's definitely not. The more comfortable I get, the more cockney I get, just to let you know. So, uh Nice one, babe, and all that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good on you, Giza. Nice one, Giza. <laughs> so I've got a question that I want to start off with. Um, one of the things I loved in reading your book was, first of all, and I know I said this to you before we hit record, but your writing style is exquisite. And so I think for anyone that is remotely interested in minimalism, intentionalism, simplicity, decluttering, organizing, making a life change should totally read your book. 
And I love the story where you talk about the attic, the storage that storage space that you had in your parents' house. Oh, tell, yeah. us, tell us the story of um, what your mum wouldn't wouldn't do and what was up there. Oh wow! Um, well, firstly, Amy, thank you so much for the, for the kind words. Yeah, um, I didn't ever think that I was going to be an author. Um, and like I was saying to you beforehand, I, I actually failed English when at school. So I was never set up to write a book, but uh, yeah, that kind of um, decluttering your life and finding minimalism kind of brings a story out of all of us. And I thought, I thought I felt compelled to share it. So um, yeah, but my, my mum and dad's home, it was, yeah, that's probably a story in itself. So we went traveling. So part of the story was that I uh, sold off pretty much everything I ever owned, including the house, um, all the belongings in it, and quit my job and went travelling. And um, when we came back from travelling, my partner and I stayed at my parents' house, and it was only then did I realise how much stuff they had, like everywhere, in their four-bedroom house that used to house me and my brother, plus my mum and dad. It was only just two of them there now. And um, they still had just as much stuff. And my dad would... um, go up in the loft or attic and just throw stuff up there so it couldn't be seen and I went up there one day to go and get some clothes for an interview a job interview that I had so I left a few clothes with them in a suitcase and as I went up there and I was like wow there's a lot of stuff a lot of stuff up here that I've not seen for years and years and they've probably not seen or touched for decades you know bin bags full of old magazines and toys and all sorts and um yeah, and I was kind of, I bought some of it down just to kind of show my parents that you don't need to be keeping most of this stuff. And the classic line, my mum came up, walked up the stairs, and she just went, no, 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 you can't go throwing any of this out. What is it? <laughs> and it's just that kind of comedy moment. And I was like, that is the moment. And you're like, you don't actually really know what's up here. Um, but because it was the old face back with her again, it was like all of a sudden it was really important, but she didn't really know what it was. Um, so yeah, so there's loads of those types of stories in in the book, and um, I'm pleased to say that my my parents now are well on the way to decluttering their home now, so which is good. So tell us about your journey into minimalism in several minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was almost like you know you know the dreaded comfort zone, right? You just get stuck there, and I was there for most of my adult life so I'd be working at the same company doing the same job um living in the same area of London and pretty much living a very normal life really you know society depicts all these things that tells you you're successful like you're supposed to have a own your own home have a job have a car so I ticked all those boxes right I was but I still didn't feel like I was successful in any way it was just drifting through life waiting stuff to happen to me really and um do any of you guys got animals or dogs or anything like that no no neither of us no. do much we to our children's dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so there's a thing when you go when you have a dog there's this thing called the um the stress stacker so sometimes a dog will act out after small things that they've gone through the same with humans i think sometimes so if you get up in the morning and it's cold you bang your toe on your on your bed frame you go in you go into the shower and it's cold water 
and then you walk downstairs, you trip over something, and then you spill coffee down yourself. It's that last thing that really makes you go, right, that's it, go all Basil 40 on it. Um, <laughs> and that was it for me. There were so many little things that were happening in life that on their own were just quite irrelevant. But over a period of time, it got to a point where I was like, no, that's it, I've had enough now. So it got to, got to a stage where I was like, something's got to change. And um, I was sitting in the middle of my front room and my living room and I just looked around my my living area and I was like, there's a lot of stuff here. And I didn't have my why originally, um, but my why came because I was going travelling and I needed money <laughs> to go travelling. And the only way I could get money and I'd get myself out of debt was to try and sell off some of the stuff in my home. Once I realised that I was actually selling off some stuff that I never really used, that is when I started to feel 10 times better. I didn't even know what the word decluttering meant. I didn't know what minimalism was. I hadn't even heard of it at that stage. But um, the less stuff I had, the more freer I felt, the more I could achieve. And, and yeah, as I went travelling and my bag got lighter and lighter, the stuff I owned got less, that's when I uh, found out that there was a word called minimalism and that I was actually being that person and doing that thing the whole time so so yeah it was um, a mixture of trying to shake myself out of the daily normality of life going traveling and then realizing that actually I could be so much more with so much less and Chris when you actually went and went to the backpacking and did the thing that you hadn't done in your early years but you did that a little bit later. Was there anything you really missed once you had just what you could carry on your back? Were there things that you went, oh, I really, really missed that thing? Or were you just loving the freedom of it and loving the fact that you could carry everything you needed on your back? I thought I was going to miss stuff, but I never really did. Mm. Yeah, I never really did. And there was, there was a moment when I was um, kind of going through some of my clothes and I was like, oh, I'm gonna really gonna need to keep all these shirts, even though I hadn't worn them in like seven years. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, I didn't really miss anything. And I can't. I had a feeling that you might have asked this question, and I was thinking, is there one thing? And I can't really. Maybe a hairband right now, because you know it's <laughs> it's just out of control. Maybe that's the one thing I miss. It's just my hair hair stuff. Yeah. But what about you? Did you guys, you know, do you guys notice anything when you when you went and did your declutter in the first time? Not for me. I found that what I actually noticed, and I think you've been through a similar experience from podcasts that I've listened to you um, in and that type of thing, is it's once you get rid of, say, 75% of your things, that the you think the last 25 is like the critical, I can't get rid of this. But once the 25% is all you own, you realise that you only need about 75% of that. And then once yes. you've got that bit, you're actually, and um, I think there's a story, is it in your book or maybe it's a story that you tell, that you share, that when you were travelling and you did that deep dive in your backpacks and sent a whole lot of stuff home to go to an op shop. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like that, and that made me think like, oh, yeah, like once you do have less, you realise how little you actually need. 
Oh, yeah, especially if you carry it around every day. <laughs> so, yeah. And like there was this, there was a pair of shoes that I, for some reason, just took with me and thought, you know, if we go out to a nice restaurant or go to a club or a bar, I might wear a pair of shoes. And I think I wore a pair of shoes once to a wedding and that was it. But constantly in my bag, they were digging me in my leg, in my back as a reminder to go, hey, are you going to wear me or, or what? So they, they actually turned from like a comfortable footwear to a really uncomfortable part of my bag. And for some reason, they always shuffled around and managed to dig me in the back somewhere, almost like stabbing me in the back. <laughs> like, a, there you go, there's your own metaphor of these, you know, your stuff can stab you in the back, literally, um, if it doesn't get used or loved. Even I went away for the weekend and I only packed like two outfits. Or, no, I wore one outfit, packed two outfits, um, and I didn't wear the, the second one. And so, and I came home and this morning I was unpacking and I was like, oh, look, here's a whole outfit. And I know it was the same for Amelie as well, um, who I took away. So it is even going away for a couple of days. I still pack too much and I only, and I, and I tried really hard to not overpack. <laughs> I think we all do. I think we still all do it. I've got, I wrote an article about it ages a while ago on my website, um, like packing habits and how we, almost we add an extra 20 percent which is like the disaster if there's a disaster that happens whatever that disaster is we're all good because we've got it in the bag Um, just heaven forbid we wear a top that has a stain on it from the sauce that you dripped on yourself the day before (laughs) i can tell that is that from previous experience (laughs) yeah maybe this last weekend (laughs) what sauce was it i'm intrigued i wore it for the whole it was like an oil that had cut we made homemade pizzas and there was like an oil kind of in the olive tapenade and it spilt on my top but I had very intentionally only packed three outfits for three days and I was like I'm just gonna wear the top nobody's not gonna like me of the family that we're camping with because I'm wearing a dirty top so I just wore the top <laughs> you can photoshop it out the pictures anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'd be like Phoebe from Friends wearing that massive Christmas uh, decoration on her dress. Decoration on her top. <laughs> yeah. Bring it back. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> so how did you discover your why? Or when did you discover your why? And what? how did you discover minimalism along that journey? Like, Yeah, well, the, the why has probably changed now. Um, but back in... 2017 um the why was money that was you know the cold whole cold hard truth of it was i needed money i was in debt my partner in debt um and you can't travel without money right it's an expensive thing especially if you want to go for a long period of time so that was the why originally and then it's evolved over time because it's just a better way to live really and you know funnily enough i discovered minimalism in vietnam it's this this sounds really idyllic right so (laughs) when you listen to this this isn't set up it's all completely true it sounds really idyllic but um obviously there's you know there's reality to it um we were in a a part of vietnam um just at the the start of this huge mountain and we were living in this eco lodge for like about five or six days and all we had left really was 
our iPad. Luckily enough, the Wi-Fi was pretty good at that, that eco lodge. And we put Netflix on after having a day of exploring. And my partner was looking through what to watch. And I'm sure you guys are the same. I will have a certain taste of films and my partner <laughs> will have a completely different taste. So I'm looking at all the action stuff and, and she's looking at love actually um, again. Um, and it always takes about half an hour to come to some kind of compromise or someone just gives in. Right. So we had that for about half an hour and eventually she found this documentary called um, minimalism, which is by the minimalists. Mm. Obviously, I hadn't, you know, no idea what that word was or anything. And she said, "Oh, do you fancy checking this out?" And I read the blurb, and I was like, "Oh, okay, sounds really interesting." You set yourself up, get loads of snacks ready, um, cups, cheese, and we put it on. And then you're so British. Can we yeah, get our yeah, snacks <laughs> and then a couple of bickies. Yeah, snacks, biscuits, <laughs> cups of tea. Even though I don't drink tea, cups but yes, tea, you know, yeah. I have to. I have to go with the stereotype, right? Um, <laughs> And yeah, and we just put that documentary on and then I started to connect all the dots and kind of go, ah, oh, right, okay, I get it now. I can have a name for this thing that I'm doing. And these guys are kind of showing the way that it's been done before and it's a thing and it's a way to live and a way to help yourself, other people and communities. And I was just like, now I can call it something. Mm. It's something that I can share because previously it was just I sold a load of junk um and everyone was a bit like but why would you do that (laughs) what's what's the reason and which I do sometimes get now but now it's got a name it's got a label and I can Mm. almost hang my hat on that and go you know this is a better way to live this is a lifestyle yeah Um, and when people think you're weird at least there's other weirdos too right that's right we can all be weirdos in this big community together. We are very happy to be weirdos with you, Chris. <laughs> oh, bless you. <laughs> cool. And so did that um, send you down the rabbit hole of minimalism? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit, uh, which is how I found you guys. Um, because once I kind of knew that this was a thing and I'd kind of dipped my toe into doing it practically, I wanted to see what other people's perception was hear other people's stories and there was generally I felt there was generally more to it than just you know selling off a load of your old clothes I thought that can't be just it surely Mm. um so I found you guys and I found other people like Joshua Becker who we mentioned um before and Courtney Carver Colin Wright was another guy who um I've actually spoken to recently it was his birthday couple of weeks ago um and then it started to bleed into my work life and because I'd changed careers at that time I'd done the kind of scary thing of ditching a job and a career that I'd been in for so long and doing something else and doing coaching full-time um I then saw how much stuff people did at work that actually didn't really make any difference whatsoever and I still do to this day. And I've probably got a meeting later on with, <laughs> with, um, with a team of people who are overworked, overstressed, over busy, and probably don't need to be doing 60, 70% of the stuff they're doing. Mm, it's such a challenge. 
but just their traditional it is just their traditional thoughts, ways of working, um, and probably a little bit of addictiveness to being busy. And that is how um, people find themselves working weekends or working you know longer than they need to be working, burning out. And um, so yeah, so it started to evolve uh, from then. Um, so yeah, so it's it's kind of gone it's kind of gone into this whole big thing now. So it's not just the decluttering in, of the material possessions, but it's also with the work, your commitments, and the the stories that you tell yourself. So you don't have to believe every stupid thing you think. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so exciting. I'd love you to talk more about that because we definitely talk about clearing your calendar and decluttering your mental um, mental side of things as well. Um, but that's where you, like, that's, that's really your niche as well, isn't it? So hit us up mate tell us more about how you're transforming the world through intentional living by decluttering people's work lives <laughs> hit us up mate <laughs> i love that um yeah so it's um i i've i spot a lot of opportunities now where people can work less and actually be just as successful or even more successful and i've worked with clients you know as on an individual basis in a team basis and in, in big organizations where um i will ask really really simple but sometimes stupid questions like why are you why? doing that yeah why <laughs> um what benefit does this have on this process and does it really need to go through six steps could it be done in two um so yeah and it's 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 quite a revelation for some people to realize that actually the stuff I've been doing for years doesn't really add that much value at all it's just the stories that I've been telling myself which cement those our own truth um so I've been working with a few people recently individuals around what is the truth and what is your truth and these stories that we tell ourselves really impact our behaviours. And um, I've helped a few clients recently to really unravel some of the stories and some of the things they've been doing, even like the negative stories that they tell themselves that aren't true. There's so many things that they might have assumed what people were going to think of them. And that negative connotation then sits in our minds and starts to mm -hmm. take over. And it pushes all the good stuff out of the way. So all the amazing things that we've achieved in the very recent past become this tiny pocket of your brain because it's been overrun by negative thoughts that aren't true. You know, what are people going to think of me? Who cares? Um, what if this doesn't work? Haven't even done it yet. So why are you even thinking? Um, and it comes back to like that. There's a there's a quite a classic picture of this circle, you know, the centre of it being what you control the outer layer is what you can influence and then the the, the outer layer is uh, what yeah, you can't that control. That outer layer is enormous. And a lot of people I work with, exactly, right? And we spend a lot of time in that outer layer. Um, and I think we, once we kind of take our foot off the pedal, uh, spend some time with someone to really talk about the facts, the truth, um, we can move forward. We can let go of some of these self-limiting 
beliefs and thoughts, but the issue is we're just too busy to do it. So I said to a friend the other day that um, 100 miles per hour is our own personal average speed limit because everyone says it. Everything's 100 miles an hour at the moment or you come up with some other terminology that dictates how um, busy you are. So it'd be, oh, I'm just, I'm stacked or I'm absolutely slammed. Some people don't have any words at all. So when I talk to them, I'm like, how's it going? And they're just like, Phew. and um, that's all, that just tells me everything I need to know that, you know, you're doing, you're doing too much. Um, so, yeah, so in the UK, especially, there's a lot of people that are, we believe that there's going to be quite a big burnout pandemic once the actual pandemic starts to ease off a little bit. And so hopefully I'll be able to support people that are, that are going through that. I, on a side note, I was listening to a podcast just today on burnout and it made oh, me really? think of you actually. Um, was, and in that podcast, they talked about post-traumatic growth. Um, so what comes after the stressor or the traumatic situation or the post-traumatic stress, if that is what people have. Um, and I totally, like I've been saying it for months that I think People, particularly in Melbourne, um, have post-traumatic stress syndrome after being in lockdown. And and I think that will be the same for England too, for how long you guys have been in lockdown and various places around the world who have been in long-term lockdown. Um, And this concept of post-traumatic growth was around that whole, like what you talk about in your book, um and and your life mission at the moment is like that whole how do we grow after we've had that revelation that this is not how I want to be living my life I do not want to be going at 100 miles an hour all the time or I don't want to be I don't want to have no words to even describe my situation at the moment um and so it was really like it's a I think it's perfect that we're having this conversation after listening to that podcast today. Um, I'm just going to mention one quote. There's lots of quotes in your book that I like, um, but this is one that is kind of um, bouncing off that concept of post-traumatic growth. Um, And you say, it took time, commitment, and the ability to look at my old life and admit that it was going wrong where and where I was wasting my potential. Letting go of the identity I had forged with all my purchasing habits and possessions was at first a struggle. Coming to terms with deliberately walking away from habits, routines, thoughts, and the security of a job, a home, and a traditional approach to life was quite a task. It took a lot of soul searching to work out what I wanted to do and how I wanted to show up for the rest of my life. No easy thing. And then you encourage us all to try it. <laughs> That's, that, I've never heard it spoken back to me. Oh. I've not, well, especially not in an Australian <laughs> accent. So um, I can, I, I'm happy to um, do the audio. If I, yeah, you. I was going to say, I, there will be an audio book <laughs> and I am looking for someone. And I think a, an Australian female gives my voice per you know perfectly so Kirsten, no. let me know audio let me know books 
<laughs> audiobooks are always better when they're re- said yeah. by the person who's read it because you do all the emphasis where you meant it, whereas you may have meant that whole paragraph differently <laughs> to how I read it. <laughs> it's great. It's wonderful hearing it back because um, I've stopped reading it now. Yeah. I've read it so many times yes. that um, it's time for other people to read it. But, yeah, um, I think you're right, Kirsten. You know, Discovery of Less, when it hopefully by the time this comes out, you'll be able to go and get it um, on Amazon. It will hopefully be people's companion now as we've all reached the crossroads or we've all had certain levels of disruption happen in our lives. And especially being indoors, for so long maybe we have reconnected with some of the stuff that we kept just in case like the old board games and the candles and you know you know books that we promised that we were going to promise ourselves that we were going to read once we had time and some for some of us time was given back to us but maybe we didn't still then use the things that we promised ourselves that we would and so now is a really great opportunity to reevaluate everything you know what what is important in my life now uh, is it still this stuff maybe not um a lot of people are actually considering changing careers now because at any moment you know the rug could get pulled out and what you know what have you got left to to tell your grandkids what you did and you know so people are really going introspective with stuff and hopefully this book will be a nice companion you can put in your back pocket as you go for nice long walks and the yeah so it should be quite calming by the time you get through especially uh, when i'm reading it to you exactly when you hear it coming from you cursed i mean (laughs) wow i mean i'm I'm pretty much horizontal now (laughs) hey folks i'm mark maron from the wtf podcast and this episode is brought to you by kleenex ultra soft tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Love Chris too is that in the minimalism movement and amongst those of us that are leaders in our movement is every voice brings something different. The Courtney Carver brings 
you know, knowledge about wardrobe and influence there. And, and there's everyone brings a different flavor. And I think that's what I love too about Discovery of Less is that what you bring is not just about decluttering your stuff, but it's about the habits and the routines and the, the thoughts and the mindsets and the stories we tell ourselves because that adds and builds to this holistic picture of what minimalism can look like. The question out of that is what is it that you feel is missing or was missing in the minimalist story um, through those of us that are leading the, the area and how are you wanting to bring your part into that? Wow. That's a Just good a question. question. Just a small. Um, what was I searching for? When, I, when um, I found that this was a term and a lifestyle and a community, there were there wasn't many mistakes being made. So what, we were kind of given this, the end result, this clean aesthetic, you know, um, plain white walls, you know, having us wearing a certain colour. I've got my minimalist uniform on, which is a black T-shirt, purely by coincidence because everything else is dirty, right? And you only um, have two tops, so you have to wear, wash, once... wear, wash, wear, wash. <laughs> <laughs> which is not true, right? <laughs> um, but it was the, it, it was a perception that I was being offered or what I was looking at and going up. So is this the way that I need to live and I think some people still look at figureheads within the community and they go well, that is the way I should be doing it um whereas the figureheads in the community are very clear when they go no 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 actually you create your own version of less what that looks like um but it took me quite a lot of deep diving to really understand that I could just create this myself and actually I, if I want to keep my Hawaiian shirts I will keep my Hawaiian shirts because I have enough um, and a lot of people just still talk to me and you know will make certain jokes about like how big my hair is for example you should declutter your hair should you even have hair um, even when I started to write a book it was a case of um, my, my friends invited me to play Mario Kart so we were all they all downloaded Mario Kart on their phone and said love it are you going to get involved and I said to them no because I need to start writing my book about minimalism and they said surely that should just take you a couple of hours chapter one have you got rid of your stuff chapter two what about now have you got rid of your stuff yet End. <laughs> so <laughs> and, and that was a good thing about it there was there wasn't a lot of um, mistakes being made there wasn't a lot of fun being had with it there wasn't a lot of comedy there was a lot of reality with it and that's what um drew me to you guys is that you made it fun you made it real and it was you know a lot of good storytelling and helping people and hopefully that's you know I didn't want to be a a cold minimalist who didn't own anything who lived in a certain way like a monk it's great if people want to do that but that just wasn't for me and um I needed to still be quite authentic with this new way of living. And so, you know, when you read the book, there is swearing in it and I, there is some comedy in it, hopefully as well. And that's yeah. just the way I am. And I'm not going to, you know, change my authentic ways to try and fit into a, a minimalist way. I'm going to merge the two together. So 
Yeah, so hopefully that answers your question, Amy. It if does. Not, no, 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 it apologies. does. <laughs> We've gone off on a right but tangent. Is that not what podcasting is all about? If you can't have a tangent on a podcast, exactly. where can you? I think yeah. um, your writing style <laughs> even is different to anything I've read on minimalism. Your writing style is quite um, novelistic, even though it's your story, and it's a really colourful in the sense that you are not trying to say what you have to say in the minimum amount of words. You're actually storytelling. And I think that Hess says it all the time that the stories are what matter, but actually the stories when it comes to minimalism allows you to be free from some of the stuff because you have the stories and the experiences allow you to be free from the stuff because you're pursuing experience. So, yeah, I think you've, you've hit yeah. the nail on the head. Oh, bless you. Well, thank you very much. It's, it's nice to have a fan. You do. You have <laughs> one, two. You have two. <laughs> two. You have two. two. And another quote I pulled from your book, which, again, ties, and please, everybody, we did not plan this. <laughs> it just <laughs> happens to work this way. Um, here's another one. Let me see if I can read it as um well, as I did the last one. No, read it in a British accent. Oh, please try. Please try, Kirst. No. I'll give it a go. No, 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 no. That's what we turned I'm gonna up do, for. I'm going to turn it in. I'm going to do my really, really ochre oh, okay. Australian yeah. accent for you, which is even worse than any British accent I could come up with. So, no, I'm, you, I'm just going to read it. You're backing out open your mouth. <laughs> I like the answer. I am, I am. I'll see, I'll see I, what comes out. It could be a Spanish right, yeah. accent. Let's just see. What comes I mean, out. I mean, the anticipation on this is building. I'm really one way from here. Sorry, yeah. listeners. Can we, should we? Oh, okay. exactly. Yeah. Here's a quote from Chris's book, <laughs> Discovery of Less. But minimalism and having a minimalist mindset doesn't have to be this big, weighty topic that is always super serious and poignant. The ability to look at our past habits and learn from them in a fun way can make it easier to focus forward and actually enjoy the process indeed. Science tells us that decluttering is a positive first step to non-religious illumination. So I thought that fitted really nicely with what we were just talking about, about being fun and making it fun. I love how you read it. It was brilliant. And my editor will also be pleased because he added that last bit. Oh. <laughs> I thought, do you know what? That's so funny because when I read it, I was like, oh, that doesn't sound like Chris. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's why I had to sign off quite a few bits because um, I was like, that I would never say that. Um, but, yeah, yeah, you're right. The, the, the fun parts are the ones that are worth mm. sharing. And when I go out, and I sometimes go out and do speaking engagements and people want to hear the story and some of the best bits that I get the most value from are the the bits where I'm a little bit self-depreciated yeah. yeah. in a fun way. Um, and so there's a bit when I do my talking about, I was clinging onto this Saved by the Bell t-shirt, even though it had like holes in the armpit. You have <laughs> just gone right up even further than you already were. I love Saved by the Bell. Oh, it was, just, it was amazing. It was, just it was the my, best show. Part of my youth. <laughs> it was part of my youth. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> And what else? And yeah, and some of the purchasing decisions we made when we were kitting out our, our two bed flat was um, we bought a sofa bed. But the, the main decision of why we picked that specific sofa bed was because it had loads <laughs> of storage. 
it wasn't just it wasn't comfort it was just because it had three huge massive drawers and and yeah and, and so i kind of relay those stories to people and they are the ones that people can resonate with and go huh you know what we did the same thing or yeah, my partner did that and it's it's easier to connect with someone and connect with a lifestyle choice there's a little bit of if it's easier to accept and it's easier and a bit of humor around it and um, it creates more conversation and that's what we want right we want people to talk about their stuff more whether it's physical stuff mental stuff we want people to talk about it more and um, that's where you guys can come in and, and help loads of others but yeah hopefully they're really good conversation starters i mean the two hats story was ridiculous um how i spent like maybe like an hour packing my um backpack ready to go traveling and then got stuck with these two a trilby hat and then one hat that i'd not worn in years because i had i pictured this future where i was in a jazz bar or somewhere with my trilby hat with my little fake carnation in the side and so therefore it had to come with me and my partner's sitting there going of course yeah my partner's sitting there going what are you doing and i was like i've got to try and fit these hats in somewhere what What are you like like?" (laughs) i love that and uh yeah and then in the end i just had to let them go and so actually you know they're not going to come with me because they're causing so much irritation and stress now and and did you still enjoy the jazz bar (laughs) of course yeah, it was no different whether I was wearing you a hat You know what I love about that story, Chris, is your partner at that moment had no emotional attachment to either the future of you wearing that hat in a jazz bar or the past, which was you imagining yourself wearing that hat in the jazz bar. And so your partner could come yeah. and say, this is actually the reality. What in the world are you thinking? And even as a minimalist, yeah. you were like, no, but this hat means so much. And it's so hard to be removed, oh, right. isn't it? Oh, yes. Yeah. And, and that's it. And, you know, sometimes I still have those weird, weird moments, but they happen less now. And, but, yeah, it was, you know, because to have someone else standing and going, let's, let, let's survey the facts and the truth again, what I was going to say earlier, you know, not the created scenario that you've got. Let's actually talk about the truth now. The truth is you're going to have a good time, whether you're wearing anything on your head or not. That's the truth. I love that right? you have to be told that, Chris. <laughs> yeah, and we all do sometimes. We all do need to be uh, to be told and to be able to think rationally because sometimes it's easy to fall back into just-in-case scenarios and one-day scenarios. So, so yeah. Or what will other people think of me scenarios? Oh, yes. I'll be another few hours on that topic. Mm, yep. Always having a conversation on the weekend about that exact thing, like going and reminding myself and um, this person I was talking to was reminding me and we were talking about children and reminding our children that actually people think a whole lot less of us than we imagine they think of us, (laughs) that everybody's too busy wrapped up in their own head and in their own mind to worry about what you're wearing or um, what you're going to be doing whether or not you should have been wearing a hat for in the jazz bar well, that yes. guy i yes. bet you he thought about packing a hat and he didn't and now he's really embarrassed he's not wearing a hat <laughs> oh look at that guy wouldn't yeah. he look so much better if he was wearing a hat <laughs> yeah that's it exactly it it's like oh he nearly pulled off that that outfit 
There's just oh. one thing missing. I think it was I think it was a hat. That and was, some really was good shoes that yeah, you no went to a wedding. That. You need a pair of those too. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> is that it? And that's exactly it. Like no one really cares. That's the you know, no one really cares um about how how you look, how you you know, things like that. Oh. To a certain extent. You know, the people who put their own judgment on us. Um we can yeah. also shrug off. We can we can love them from a distance. Yeah. <laughs> we can wish them well in their own own journey of self-discovery. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Chris, is there anything we haven't covered that you desperately want to share with the art of decluttering community? Uh well, other than, you know, it's been a privilege and a pleasure to meet you guys and, and chat with you. I don't know whether I share, but you know, you two are in my ears regularly because when I go out and I take the dog, my dog Daisy out for a walk, I will generally listen to, to podcasts. And so I'm always listening to the art of decluttering and picking out some wonderful tips and, and just hearing what you guys have been up to. Cause it's such a distance, you know, it's such a different way of life. Um, it's really good to get other people's perspectives, especially those in different cultures mm. as well. Uh, what else? I suppose you know, less is progress. So less is progress is mm. the website. Um, there's a 30 days of less free challenge or download challenge. or workbook, whatever you want to call it. Challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Because when I started decluttering, I had no idea what I was doing. I just went with proximity. I was like, oh, that's the furthest, that's the closest thing I can touch and feel and see. I want to start there. Um, but then over time, I then start to learn how to how to do it. If I was to go back and do it again, would I do it in the same way? Maybe, maybe not. And a lot of the questions that I get are, I'm overwhelmed. Where do I start? And it's, it's easy for us now, with all that experience, to go just start anywhere. That's the easy thing to say. And people who love to give advice will go, just do anything, just start anywhere. However, sometimes even that is just a step too far. They need to, people need to be shown something first. And uh, so that's what that's there for. It's free. So you can go and grab that and join the Less is Progress community. Discovery of Less is out in May. Um, and thank you so much for, for reading it and supporting it. I, I love you guys so much. So hopefully that's a really nice story that people can read about less and, um, and share it with their friends and, and hopefully get a little bit of motivation to, uh, to embrace less in their, in their own lives. So, and there's other things you can, in, you can collaborate with me on. Um, if you want me to come and speak to your team or your organization, I'm more than welcome to do that. And we'll have a fun time talking about this. Yeah. And, and you, if you want to get coached as well. You do coaching as well, don't you? I do. Thanks for reminding me. Well, thanks for Zoom. You can probably do that anywhere in <laughs> yeah. the world. Yeah, well, that's right. I, I have actually. Um, so yeah, it's been the the, the client base has mm. definitely got broader due to due to COVID, but but yeah, but it's all good. Um, helping people embrace less is is something that I'm passionate about, and we can all achieve so much more. I believe that that what we're currently doing. We just bogged down by our stuff, and can you imagine what you'd be able to achieve if you didn't didn't have have that dragging mm. back all the time? In honour of having you, Chris, on the podcast, I have picked a review from the Northern Hemisphere 
that also talks about humour. I just thought it was, do you know what? I'm making it sound like I spent ages finding this review. I opened two and picked the one that I thought was most appropriate, but it just happens to be from the Northern Hemisphere. And Are you going to read it out? Amy, are you going to read it out? Oh, well, it's from Norway. Should I read it no, in? No, please don't I ask me to do that. read it in Norwegian. <laughs> no, you could not. No, I can't. And so much editing was required. <laughs> yeah, ja- Jared would not a like this. How about if I read it in Amy? And this one is um, titled With Love from Norway and it's a five-star review. Amy and Kirsty make you feel like you are among friends in their podcast, especially the last podcast got extra relevant for me as a mum living with family members who have ADHD. You guys give great advice on decluttering and address some important issues along the way. The podcast inspires me to keep our clutter under control with my family, cleaning and decluttering is not only for mums. Amen, sister. You never fail to put a smile Mm. on my face when I listen to your podcast. Ready for this? You both have a wonderful sense of humour. Keep up the good work. (laughs) Hey. Hey. That is, yeah, Marie Escapes in a Book by Apple Podcasts Norway. So there you go. I, I don't think we have a great sense of humour, Kirst, but, you know. We- <laughs> yes, we do. We are Isn't so that something funny. that someone with a great sense of humour would say? <laughs> <laughs> We're so funny, Amy. We crack ourselves up all the time. <laughs> what and was thank you. <laughs> Marie, I love escaping in a book as well, and I definitely recommend Escaping into the Discovery of Less by Chris Lovett. Oh, what a perfect way to finish. Yay. Oh, so well, funny. I've never had so much love. Uh, it's amazing. My cheeks hurt from smiling. I can see Kirsty's cheeks hurt from smiling because she's not stopped smiling the entire time either. <laughs> you can find links Fine. to everything Chris-related in our show notes. Chris, we can't wait to see your book hit the shelves and hit Amazon. We wish you all the success. We are cheering you on from down under. Oh, thank you, guys. It has been a joy to have you. So thank you for, thanks for emailing us. No, no, that's honestly, it was, it's it's been my pleasure. I was almost like, this is one of my life experiences ticked off. Stop it. Like I said, like, oh, stop it, will ya? How many times? (laughs) Um, No, it is, it's a bit like, you know, you know, when you go and, you know, you're listening to, to people that feel like friends. And then you go and meet them, and you you know collaborate with them, and have a wonderful conversation. You know, what a great start! What a great yeah. start to the day, or end to the day, depending on when that it is. That is true. And it is our end of the day, so we are going to go, dear listeners. We can't wait to be in your ears next week, and we can't wait to hear what you think of Chris. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. If you've learned something awesome today, we'd love you to leave us a review on iTunes or Facebook so others can find our podcast too. Don't forget you can see the show notes in your podcast app or over at our website, artofdecluttering.com.au. So if there's anything you want more info on, check it out there. If you'd like to join our supporter community, you can do so over at patreon.com slash decluttering. We hope you have a great rest of your day and enjoy the freedom. Uh, right, okay. So outtakes then. After the show, Amy and Kirsty asked me to do a uh, demonstration of rhyming slang. Right, so 
Amy, you didn't know what that was, did you? I've never heard of it. I still don't know what it is. Rhyming, You'll know it when slang. he starts doing it. Yeah. Rhyming slang is describing something uh, with a rhyme. So let's just say my hair, what I would use to describe my hair is the Barnet Fair hair. So if I'm saying it in a sentence, I will go, oh, I've got to go and sort out my Barnet Fair. Got going, cut my hair. And the classic one that everyone knows is apples and pears, which is stairs. Oh yeah, not, you not just need to. Everyone bar- knows. Okay, not everyone knows. Everyone, bar Amy, knows that. Oh, where where's the shop? Left up the apples and stairs. Nice one, thank you. Left up the stairs. Um, yeah, and so that's we we don't all talk like that all the time, obviously, because we're not we don't live in the 90s, 1900s um but every now and then we'll throw a, a bit of rhyming slang into a sentence just to, just as a bit of a throwback oh okay have you got another one for me i like this um yeah so a couple of nights ago we had a curry so that is a ruby murray it's like gobbledygook <laughs> it is i know right it is it's almost like I, I, can't, I can understand now. So sore. I can understand now why I failed English. <laughs> <laughs> Give me one more before we have to before we have to finish. Um, okay. Is this a British thing or is this a Chris yes. Lovett thing? Yeah, it's a no, it's a Londoner. It's a, it's a London, London thing. East um, East Londoner too. Yeah, isn't it, Chris? Yeah. Um, all right, what's another good one? All right, okay. One I still use quite regularly is... Um, Make me guess what um, it is. You just tell us the rhyming slang and we'll try and guess. Okay. Boat race. <laughs> no idea. I use it in a sentence, shall I? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I've been out in the sun so long, my boat race really stings. Sunman? Face. Your face? Boat race. Face. Wow. And um, sometimes we'll even, we'll not even use game. race. Right? So sometimes we'll not even use race. So what I'll do sometimes, it goes, oh, um, what's that on your boat? And they'll be like, oh, maybe I've got to drop some oil from my pizza and it's all <laughs> over my boat. Um, yeah, so boat race is, is face. That's so cool. <laughs> now Amy's like Amy's, Amy's really? <laughs> no Amy the, Chris let me tell you how Amy's mind works she's going to go to bed and she's going to be like and coming up with all of these rhymes and then Elijah and Jesse tomorrow are going to have the pleasure of her rhyming slang am I correct Amy Yes, I watched a um, I watched Mary Poppins. So I'm a massive Mary Poppins fan. This is like the longest outtakes any podcast has ever had. Massive, (laughs) massive Mary Poppins fan. In fact, Kirst, remind me, I want to talk about Mary Poppins at our staff meeting on Wednesday night. Sure. And I watched a movie called Saving Mr. Banks, which is about the story of Mary Poppins becoming a movie. And I decided at about ten o'clock at night, while on holidays, that I'm going to speak to Dick Van Dyke and Julie Andrews and we're going to make a podcast together, the three of us, about Mary Poppins and it's going to be like a six-part series. 
And I was, I was up till I don't even know what time during the night brainstorming on my phone about this podcast at Dick Van Dyke and I'm going to do together. I told you, Chris. Amazing. See, I love I, the fact that it's it's six. It's been so specific that you've oh, just six parts. It's not just like, a series. No, 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 no. It's very specific. It's six part series. Yes. Yeah. It's like what we're going to go through. We're going to get Lynn Manuel Miranda to come in and do a little bit because <laughs> he's in the Mary Poppins Returns and Emily Blunt's going to come in for it. Like it's in my mind. I've got Dick Van Dyke on speed dial. Of course you have. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a little insight. So well, that's why she was so, laughing yeah. because I was not very far off the mark at all. No, you off you you're, up you're, until two o'clock rhyming yeah. slang. Yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, so yeah. So if you want to um, use it in a use it in a sentence and go, oh, I need to moisturise my boat. It's <laughs> 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 like well. I'm just going to moisturise my face. Not that I don't, I don't have a boat. Don't don't, I don't have face. a boat and neither I don't have a boat that needs moisturising, but I do have a face. I'm going to try and I'm going to see if my family just laugh at me. I'll report back. Thank you. <laughs> thank you again, Chris. It has been our pleasure. And thank you so much for reaching out to us last year. I'm glad we waited until now. So it could be the launch of your book. Congratulations. Yeah, and thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 